weeks. Now, we are still in our series on They Call It Home. So, so as we look at this, I want to look again uh, at the text, uh, Leviticus 18, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. You know what? We have got to grab a hold of that. It's not just he's God, is he my God? There's a difference. Because if he's your God, that doesn't mean that he's my God. If he's my God, now there's accountability. Now there has to be submission. Now there is a head that I am recognizing in my life. And so uh, he, he tells the people, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. The people of God had experienced a mighty and visible uh, 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 delivery from slavery. They were in Egypt. They were under the hand of Pharaoh. They were in an abusive situation. 430 years, they were slaves in the land of Egypt. And so God's people now had cried out to God, and God raised up a man uh, that we know, his name was Moses. He was going to be that deliverer that God was going to use to lead them out of, uh, out of Egypt. And so by the hand of God, uh, we see how uh, God uh, leads his people uh, Pharaoh and the armies of Egypt follow after them. Uh, we see how they are uh, destroyed in the Red Sea. Uh, they were drowned there. And God's people crossed over on, uh, on dry ground. And then he closed the waters up over Pharaoh and his army. So, so now they have been in the, the, according to where we're at right now in context of Scripture, they have been in the wilderness for about a year. And with this, uh, they were supposed to go into, uh, into, uh, into uh, uh, the promised land. Uh, they've crossed the Red Sea. They've wandered down in Sinai. And so if you look, you have Egypt to the west, and then you have uh, the Gulf of Suez that comes down, goes down into the Mediterranean, and then you have uh, the uh, Gulf of Aqaba uh, to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to the east there. And the Red Sea, uh, the uh, Sinai is just right down in that V there. Uh, and so uh, they would have, if they would have just continued to Kadesh Barnea and went into the promised land, they would not have ever had to uh, cross uh, the Jordan River, uh, but they did not follow the Lord's direction there. But within that, uh, there were some problems. Within this year's period of time, as they are traveling, they have left Egypt, they were in Egypt, they learned the way of the Egyptians, 
They have not made it to the promised land. And so God is going to lead them to the promised land, to Canaan. Um, and so there are some things that God wants to bring to their attention. He wants them to recognize that he does not want them to follow what they learned in Egypt. Egypt is a picture of the world. God's people are not to act like the world. We have a, a different, uh, we have a different um, a set of guidelines, a different worldview. And, and so here is you had, uh, you had the, uh, uh, the, them leaving Egypt and them heading towards Canaan. Uh, they were going to go into a land of people that did not know the Lord. And these Canaanites that they were going to enter into that land, uh, the Lord said, I don't want you to do what the Egyptians did. And I don't want you to start living according to the lifestyle of the Canaanites, the land that you're going to go into. So he addresses some things in chapter 18, uh, these issues, as God uh, gives Moses some directives for the children of Israel. And he tells them what they are supposed to do. First of all, I want you to see in verse 1, uh, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses. So, Moses was the spokesman for God. So God was wanting to make sure that God's people knew that what Moses was saying came from God. So he was the spokesman for God. Moses was not God. Moses, those were not Moses' laws. It wasn't Moses' word. Moses was simply a vessel, a tool, the spokesman for God. Uh, so he points that out in verse number one. Uh, we see in verse number two that the Lord said, I am the Lord your God. And we have to, uh, to listen to him. Uh, we have to recognize that if we don't have God in the proper place, it will impact how we view this world, how we view life, how we view what is acceptable or unacceptable. And so, uh, so Moses was the spokesman. Uh, God was uh, their God. He was the Lord, their God. Uh, and so uh, they were to, to put God in the proper place uh, because if he was not in the proper place, they weren't going to listen to God. They weren't going to listen to his word. And they weren't going to listen to his man. Uh, so we can't follow the acceptable manner of living of the world around us. We see that in verse number 3. When he said, after the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do? And after the doings of the land of Canaan, where whither I bring you, shall ye not do? Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. So uh, God is just putting out some, uh, some uh, boundaries for them. So the Egyptians and the Canaanites uh, were not to be the ones that were making the rules or the laws for God's people. But we see in verse number four and five, they were to follow God's judgments. They were to follow God's ordinances, his rules, and his statutes. And so, so whatever the Egyptians were doing, God did not want Israel doing. Whatever the Canaanites were doing, that was not to be acceptable with God's people. So with that as the background, we will jump into this chapter and we will find all of the things that they were doing. 
Tonight, as we look at, they call it home, I'm going to speak to you on the subject, propriety in the home. Propriety in the home. And this is the ninth uh, sermon in this series. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, I pray that you would give us just uh, the ability to, to see the, the warnings that you placed uh, before your people. Help us, uh, Lord, not to uh, dismiss them as though it's no big deal. I pray that you'd help us to recognize uh, that your, your ordinances, your laws, your uh, judgments are what we are to follow. And so I pray that you'd help us tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. All right, so let's look again. So uh, as we look at this, uh, let's find out what they were doing. What were these uh, Egyptians doing? What were these Canaanites doing that God was warning his people about? Uh, let's look at verse number six. He goes right into it. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shalt thou not uncover. She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. So five times in these three verses, we find the word nakedness. So obviously, there was a behavior there was a problem that was going on that had to do with modesty and God was not okay with that. Is that right? Don't look at me like you're, you're afraid of what's coming, all right? So this is, this is very real. And, and let me just say this before we get any farther. Nakedness should not be a problem for God's people. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it's not to be flaunted everywhere. Amen. So 32 times in Leviticus 18 and 20, we find nakedness mentioned as an admonition to not uncover it. Now, he is not talking about the marital relationship. He is talking outside the marital relationship, talking about nakedness. And so uh, this nakedness is always as it deals with family. So biblical nakedness, the, the word, uh, Hebrew word, uh, erva, and it is literally uh, the, uh, it's nudity, nakedness, shame, and uncleanness. It is, it is a, a completely negative term, uh, and it is used negatively. So what, where do we find where the Bible talks about nakedness to get a definition. Hold your place here and go to uh, Isaiah chapter 47. Isaiah chapter 47. Nakedness does not necessarily mean completely uncovered. So God gives a definition. And if anybody has the right to define something, it is God who has the right to define it. Okay? You and I do not have the right to define it. Egypt doesn't have the right to define it. Canaan doesn't have the right to define it. 
Webster doesn't have the right to define it. Dictionary.com doesn't have the right to define it. God does. So as believers started right out, I am the Lord thy God. So that submission is expected, and he is getting ready to give some uh, information, some truth, and he wants us to recognize it. So Isaiah 47, look at verse number 1. So he says, come, to, come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Uncover thy locks. Make bare the leg. Uncover the thigh. Pass over the, the river. So with this, in this... Uh, uh, it's allegorical, uh, referring to, uh, to the Chaldeans, uh, but he, he shows that she is no longer going to be treated as a princess. She is going to be treated uh, as basically a harlot. And with that, uh, there is the explanation that her nakedness was going to be uncovered. And so what was that? He said, uh, he said that, uh, the uncover the locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the river. So God ties this word nakedness when the thigh is uncovered. Okay? So with that, when God says and he talks about nakedness, he is not necessarily talking completely about fully naked, he is talking about nakedness is revealed when the thigh is revealed. Above the knee is the thigh. So anything above the knee, when the thigh is uncovered, God looks at that and calls that nakedness. So, Pastor, that's just one verse. Okay, let, let me give you another one. All right. And so, for, I'm sorry, I stopped early on that. Isaiah 47, verse 3. It says, Thy nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance and will not meet thee as a man. And so, uh, so here, that was that nakedness was uncovered. Why? Because the thigh was uncovered. All right, go back to Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. Exodus 28. In verse number 41. Exodus 28, 41. Bible says, And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and shalt anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. From the loins even to the thighs shalt thou reach. Shalt they, uh, from the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach. So again, God is defining nakedness from the loins to the thigh. And so uh, through the thigh, that is considered nakedness. And so God was talking about when God's men would go up, the priests, they would go up above the people, they would have robes, and with those robes, uh, they, would have, they would have breeches, breeches, pants, 
uh, that would cover their legs so when they were above, the people would not see, uh, look up and see their nakedness. And so they, they would have uh, pants on uh, from that. So, uh, so let's look at this, these relationships. Let's go back to uh, Leviticus chapter number 18. So Leviticus 18, uh, we see several, uh, several things about this, uh, these relationships. Uh, verse number 6, none of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. So verse number 6 says the, the near of kin. Uh, verse number 7 uh, shows the father and mother. There should not, should not be that revealing of their nakedness. Uh, verse number 8, you should not uncover thy father's wife. Uh, nakedness. Uh, verse number 9, uh, the Bible says, The nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father, or the daughter of thy mother. So your sister or half-sister, uh, their nakedness should not be uncovered. They should not uh, allow them to see uh, the, their body. Uh, so the granddaughter is shown in verse number 10, the sister in verse number 11, the father's sister, your aunt in verse 12, uh, the mother's sister, the aunt in verse 13, the uncle in verse 14, immorality with an aunt in verse 14, immorality with the daughter-in-law, verse 15, sister-in-law, verse 16, immoral behavior or, uh, or a sensual behavior with a father and a, uh, a mother and a daughter or a wife and a sister. All of these things were things that God said, that's what the Egyptians do. That's what the Canaanites do. That is not what God's people do. So verses 6 through 18 definitely give the idea that God is not for nudity and or sensual relationships with relatives. Amen? Okay, very, very easy for that to, under, to be seen. Very clear. But we find that the home is not always the safest place. Unfortunately, there is abuse. How does, how does this happen? Some of it happens because we have no, we, ha we have a lack of moral codes within our home. Well, it's inside the walls of my house, so it's okay. And that's not true. Hey, Pastor, why are, you, why are you teaching this? Because I want your kids safe. You should want your kids safe. Amen. Well, it's just family. Hmm. We'll look at some t statistics here in a little bit. So not all abuses are the result of this, but there are some protections that we can place. Protections based on what God has given us in his word. And we shouldn't have any problem implementing them into our home. So 
Just because it's in the walls of your home does not mean that there should not be boundaries. There should be boundaries in the home. Uh, So number one, have clothing standards for your home. Have clothing standards for your home. What are those clothing standards? Everyone wears them. Everyone wears them. I did not even want our kids running around the house in a diaper. So, Pastor, you're just over the top. Yeah, whatever, but my kids were safe. Oh, it's just brothers and sisters. We've seen problems there. Your home is no, there is no exemption for a Christian home. There's a real devil. And there are real sin issues with people. Everybody has sin issues. So we don't want to give the place, the devil place in our home. So have clothing standards uh, for your home. Everyone must be wearing them. Do not walk around the house in your underclothes. If there's nobody else in the house, man, you do what you want to do. You be you. (laughs) But if there are kids there, there's admonition. Your kids should not see your nakedness. They should not see you, Dad, walking around in your underwear. Moms, they should not see you walking around with your underclothes. Don't get quiet on me. You're revealing your nakedness. Amen. So don't walk around in your underclothes. Nakedness is revealed. Boxers and briefs are underclothes. So don't walk around in them. Don't let your children walk around in their underclothes. When our kids walked out of their room, they had to be dressed. Everybody walking out of the room had to be dressed. And that should just be a safe way to operate a home. So, so number one, have clothing standards from your home. Number two, don't bathe with your children. They're not supposed to see your nakedness. I still have PTSD. My granny would have us bathe with her. That shouldn't be the case. Well, it's just how I, was, how I grew up. Yeah, I know that's how Egypt grew up. That's how the Canaanites grew up. That's how the world grew up. That's not how God does things. Well, I just don't see anything wrong with it. It doesn't matter. I am the Lord your God. God wasn't asking for our opinion in the area. 
He has, he has absolutes, he has truths, and with that, he has uh, guidelines to guide us to make sure that we are following them. Uh, and so don't bathe with your children. Don't bathe your children together. Well, they won't remember. God didn't say anything about remembering. He just said that the brother shouldn't see the sister's nakedness. Sister should not see the brother's nakedness. And he goes on to all of the family relations. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters. He goes across. He hits all of the the relationships. Why? Because it was a problem. It led to problems. Incest is a problem. It's a problem. And with that, that is not a problem that God's people should have. Molestations are not a problem that should be a part of God's family. So what do we do? We put protections in. Where do we gain those protections? God gives us some pretty good examples right here that will take care of a lot of it. So number one, have clothing standards for your home. Number two, don't bathe with your children. Number three, clothing is a safeguard from immorality. Clothing is a safeguard from immorality. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Bible says in verse number 18, flee, what? Fornication. So this is a, this is a sensual relationship of unmarried people. He says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So this body is the temple of God, all right? And with that, he gives us guidelines with clothing to, to protect our body, uh, to clothe our body. And with this, the first thing he talks about is fleeing fornication. So fornication is that sensual relationship, and, and those, those will be uh, protected when everybody stays dressed. Amen. So clothing is a safeguard. Now, the old preachers used to put it this way. If you're not for sale, don't advertise. Amen. Now, in the culture of Egypt and in the culture of Canaan, that is foreign. But it shouldn't be foreign with God's people. Our body belongs to God. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
And with that, we are to care for it and the manner that he would want us to care for. Now, uh, we are to clothe ourselves. He, he gave us those uh, instructions of not to, uh, of not to, um, uh, to reveal our nakedness. How do you do that? You put the clothing on. And so uh, we, we need to make sure uh, in Timothy, we see uh, the, the admonition of the ladies to dress in modest apparel. Now, modest apparel is, is causing you not to be revealing your body. Amen. So with that, we, we should not, ladies should not, men should not be lustful, okay? There's, there is no exception on that. Guys, you need to look at ladies as ladies. Somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister. You need to look at them as a sister in Christ. And our, our attitude towards uh, the ladies ought to be very appropriate. But ladies, let's be honest. God made us completely different. And men are attracted by sight. And how you dress should not cause them to look at you in a lustful manner. If they look at you in a lustful manner, that is still their fault. But the Bible says, Jesus said in the New Testament, if a man... Uh, lusteth after a woman, he hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. So, that complicity, don't dress in a manner that attracts men's eyes. Dress modestly. It's important. And, and it goes for both. Men need to be dressing modestly. So, so with that, uh, we, we need to recognize that. So, uh, so here, um, uh, the, the uh, uh, revealing of the body, and you say, well, pastor, we're in California. We're not in Washington. And so it's hot here, if you didn't notice. It's cooler to wear less clothes. Go over to the Middle East and find out how they dress. They cover up. Look at all these orchard workers. These guys that are out there working all day in 110 degree weather, they will all have long sleeve shirts on. Why? It's cooler than to have your skin bake. And even if it wasn't cooler, still modest. Amen. Number four, clothing is an identification of who you are. Clothing is an identification of who you are. You look in the scriptures and you will find that the priests had certain clothing and they were the only ones that wore it. 
Nobody else wore it except the priest. It was an identifier of who they were. The soldiers, they had a certain clothing that they would wear, the armor that they would have. The harlot also had clothing that was an identifier. Go to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. I was excited about this message. So much, so much to, to help our homes. Proverbs chapter 7, look at verse 6. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding passing through the street near her corner and he went the way to her house in the twilight in the evening in the black and dark night and behold there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. So here we have the attire of a harlot. So that that attire or lack of attire was telling who she was. It was an identifier. You walk, you walk, uh, you have you get pulled over. Let's say that you are driving down the highway and you get pulled over and there's somebody behind you uh, and they've got blue lights and they pull you over and you pull over. And they walk up, and they've got gun belt on, and they've got a uniform on, and they've got a badge on. Everybody can't wear that uniform. Matter of fact, it is illegal for somebody to wear that uniform and to impersonate an officer. It's an identifier for who they are. When I was uh, about, I think I was about 14 years old, maybe 15, my brother and I uh, were driving home, and we were going down Mountain Highway, and this guy pulled up on the side of us and was pulling over, and he flashed a badge. And my brother and I were like, what's going on? And we, we weren't sure, and so he pulls over, and I reached in my pocket, and I just pulled my knife out and opened it up. Because I had no idea, this guy, it wasn't, it wasn't in a police car, and this guy wanted us to, to get out of the car. And he was not in a uniform. And we ended up just driving off because we were unsure about him. There was no identifier that he was who he was portraying to be. And come to find out, there had been quite a few issues with people impersonating officers, and they ended up finding this guy. But, uh, but with that, uh, clothing is an identifier. Now, uh, let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Clothing is an identifier. Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse number 5. Deuteronomy 22.5, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination to the Lord thy God. Now, 
in our country, there is, an, a, there is a crisis of identity. Okay? Part of the crisis of identity is because we can't get our clothes straight. Not only on the wearing of them, there, there is men's clothes and there is ladies' clothes. If I walked up here in a dress, you would walk out. Rightly so. But what makes that okay for me not, what, why, is, why am I held at one standard and you ladies are held at a different standard? Get quiet. There's, there's different clothing. They're identifiers. Now, now with that, we, we see there is a difference. God has identity that he wants between the sexes. There's only two genders. Amen. And the male gender has a role. Female gender has a role. There is... There is, in Scripture, there, there are directives about the differences not only in the clothing of men and women, but also on the hairstyle of men and women. All right? So, uh, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse number 14. 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen and 15. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? All right, now, think about back in the 60s. This message was not appreciated. Why? Because long hair was, was normal. Now, Short hair is just as, just as popular on men uh, as uh, long hair, so it's not as much of a cultural issue. But it's a Bible issue. He goes on. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for hair, her hair is given her for a covering. So, so with that, we, we have these different boundaries uh, and with that, uh, God, God has boundaries for us. You know, if we followed God's directives, there would not be the crisis of identity that we are facing in our country. I mean, we can't even define what a woman is now. Well, we can. Egypt can't. Canaanites can't. But why are we borrowing our standards from them? We borrowed the standard of dress for men-women clothing, for immodest clothing, and now it is, it is impacting a 
across the board. So now when the little ones are unsure of which gender they want to identify as, there's a lot of confusion. And there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. But if we're not going to stand for where those boundaries are at, who's going to? So when we look at propriety in the home, we looked primarily here at the, at the nakedness in the home and the clothing, the wearing of clothes in the home. But there's also an appropriate clothing. Timothy, when it talks about modest apparel, the apparel begins with, it's the word katastole. So the word katastole is a long-flowing garment. Modesty is not the main issue. The right garment is the right issue. And then how you wear that right garment, you wear that right garment modestly. You can, you can have a dress that is immodest. So it might be the right clothing, but if it is worn immodestly, then now it is not acceptable. So God has the directives, but we as God's people, let's go back to Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18. In verse number one, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. Now, uh, I told you I was going to give you a couple uh, um, statistics. 93% of juvenile sexual assault victims know their attacker. 93%. 34.2% of attackers are family members. Family members. 58.7 are acquaintances. Only 7% of perpetrators are strangers. That's scary. So this area, clothing, is a big deal. This, this area of guarding our children it's important, but it's, it is, there is a big picture issue that we are seeing in our nation, and I have not said one thing today that every Christian believed before 1950. Everybody. I haven't said anything that every person did not believe prior to 1950. Even lost people. What happened? We let, we let Egypt tell us how to dress. We let Canaan tell us how, what is acceptable. And God says, no, Moses, you make sure you say what I tell you to say. 
and preachers have gone quiet in this issue. Well, the other church I went to, it wasn't a problem. I know, because they're afraid of the faces. Okay, well, it just must not be Bible because they don't teach that. I can show you verse by verse by verse what I believe and what I've taught you. Well, whether you, be, whether you agree with it or not is between you and God. It is not between me and you. Unless you make it that way. But when people have a different view, my question is, okay, where are you getting your standard? And they can't open this book and give me a standard of where they, what, that agrees with what they want to promote. But I can show it to you right here. So, some of the crisis that has been, that we are seeing all across our nation, a lot of it just comes back to, we've got to just be who God has identified us as. Following his precepts, his guidelines, the other stuff just takes care of itself. Amen. Wear clothes. Men, wear men's clothes. Ladies, wear ladies' clothes. I say, I bought it at the lady's side. So, so here, they call it home. And as we, as we look at it, we want the home to be safe. We want the kids to be safe. We want them to grow up with the right ideals to live by. And so we have got to make sure that we are living by them as well. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would just lead us and guide us. Uh, help our homes to be what you'd want them to be. And Lord, help us to, uh, to truly have a heart that is just yielded. May the Spirit of God take uh, your word and help us uh, in our lives, in our views, in our uh, understanding. And so I pray that you'd bless. Speak to hearts now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments will play. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, you respond. They call it home. Ooh.